0: All right, so Pac-12 media day came and went this past Friday. And for the most part, the room's temperature was cold, with only a few shots lobbed at certain parties. I'll offer my thoughts uh, on the day, as well as the, as well as the room's temperature. Uh, it was cold for a couple of reasons. Uh, USC's presence at media day included Coach Lincoln Riley, quarterback Caleb Williams, and linebacker Shane Lee, who each showed up dressed to impress. And we're going to start peeling back the layers uh, this week as we break down some of the comments from USC's representatives, as well as others who were there on the day. And then our third segment, uh, Fall Camp and Practices, start this Friday, August 5th. It's finally gotten here, guys and gals. Uh, But before um, USC will be hosting – before practice starts on the Friday, USC is going to be hosting a media meet-and-greet on Thursday – Uh, with the coaching staff and 28 pre-selected players. Uh, This is something new, and it's also something I'm looking forward to, and I'll explain why. That's what's coming up next on this episode of Locked On USC. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Right on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Culkin, and thanks for making Locked on USC your first listen, whether you're watching on YouTube or listening wherever you download your podcast, We're free, and we appreciate you supporting the show. So if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you hit that uh, subscribe button. And also, please, we encourage it. Leave your comments. Tell us what you like, what you'd like to hear about, and uh, what you don't like. Without you, this show doesn't exist. So again, we appreciate you coming along for the ride. <clears throat> uh, quick update: you know, I've been let you guys know last week, but starting today, you're going to be getting locked on USC and this face five days a week. Um, so uh, football season's here, I guess, guys. And I also want to give a really quick apology for the technical difficulties tep- technical difficulties that we had on our last episode. Uh, Scott Schrader, recruiting guru from WeRSC.com, joined us, but apparently we had some uh, some connectivity issues on his end, uh, but we will have him back on again multiple times. And just so you know, the very next day, he was back out at it, uh, He was out there at USC uh, because USC was hosting a pool party for uh, a lot of the guys in the 2024 class. So um, moving forward, let's, let's get started with the show. As I mentioned at the top, the uh, Pac-12 held their media day uh, this past Friday inside the Novo Theater at the uh, center of LA Live. For those of you around the country, if you're not a familiar, LA Live is a it's a big multi-purpose entertainment complex that sits directly across the street from Staples Center. Excuse me, pardon me, the Crypto.com Arena, where the Lakers and the Kings and the Clippers uh, they play their games. It's always going to be a staple center to me. Sorry. Um, and again, the, the so Pac-12 Media Day was hosted at the Nova Theater in Los Angeles. And I, I tend to believe that's probably going to be the last time Pac-12 Media Day is is held in Los Angeles, at least for the immediate future. Uh, many like myself, uh, we, we believe that probably next year, the final Pac-12 Media Day, as we know it, Uh, It's probably going to be moved to Las Vegas. Uh, Commissioner George Klayovkov, he still lives out there. He still has a lot of contacts out there. And I'm sure he knows a couple of people who can can hook him up. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. You know, it's been fun these last handful of years having it here in L.A. But, uh, you know, college football, the landscape's changing. And with that, uh, so will they'll be changing as well. Speaking on PAC 12 Media Day, uh, just kind of, and I'll be speaking to this throughout the week um, during each of the shows. Uh, But of course, the commissioner offered his state of the conference address. And there was. um... (sighs) So, George, when you first meet George and talk to, to Commissioner Klyovkov, uh, he he comes across as a very cordial uh very collegial uh, individual um in fact he s he, he used the word collegial in his uh state of the conference speech and he tend, he he, he kind of strayed away from that and it's understandable um you know i think at this point it was time for the gloves to come off for him a little bit and he went on the offensive, as opposed to playing prevent defense with the conference. And he had he had a few quotes, um, a couple of them were you know kind of an awkward comment moment. Um, the first one that caught my attention. I'm going to read this uh, verbatim. As a conference, we are of course very disappointed by the decisions of USC and UCLA to leave the Pac-12 and a century of traditions and rivalries after 2024. Despite their decision, we cherish our relationship with their student-athletes, coaches, staff, faculty, alumni, and fans. For that reason, I personally have instructed everyone at our conference to make sure that USC and UCLA student-athletes are given every opportunity to compete and succeed for as long as they remain in the Pac-12, end quote. So, I'm trying to wonder, why make that final statement at the end of your comment, um, you know, instructing everyone to make sure that USC and UCLA student athletes are given every opportunity to compete. Now, if you're a Trojan fan, you're thinking, because this is the first thing that popped in my head, Pac-12 officiating is already questionable at best. (laughs) Um, So, you know, are we going to see a bunch of BS type of phantom calls on the field this year and next year uh, that kind of appear out of nowhere. You know, Will they be taking touchdowns off the, off the scoreboard uh, taking away explosive plays to keep uh conference members to keep the games closer maybe. Yeah. I'm, look, I, I'm not wearing any conspiracy theory, aluminum foil hats here, but again, um, The Pac-12 conference isn't known for officiating or for their officiating. They're a clown show. Around they they're known for it around the country. And so this is just gonna kind of that comment kind of just adds more fuel to the fire, at least, you know, from the USC perspective. Um because you have to you have to think about it from you know from this, you know, if um Imagine if USC, and look, UC, or even UCLA, <sighs> ugh, I hate saying that, uh, were to win the conference championship this year. Imagine if George Klyovkov up on the stage after the conference championship game, having to hand USC that championship trophy. You know, next year, this year or even next year, before they head off to the Big Ten. I mean, those are some bad optics. And that question was asked of him as well, uh, George. In the unlikely event that the next couple of years that USC, or, USC or UCLA made the college football playoff, uh, besides the money the conference gets, what would be the benefit to the Pac-12 of that? His response was quick, short, terse. Um, their Pac-12 schools for the next two years were rooting for their student athletes. End quote. <laughs> Uh, for me, though, there was there was a uh, the second eye-opening comment. Uh, it, it came quickly when the commissioner was asked the following question. What gives you the confidence that the 10 remaining schools are going to stay within the conference? Um, George said, we've had two board meetings a week for the last four weeks. I've had to look at my colleagues in the eye, understanding their commitment that their first priority is making sure that the PAC-12 survives, thrives and grows and is successful. They're committed to the conference. I think the best thing to do is to ask them about it. With respect to the Big 12, being open for business, I appreciate that. We haven't decided if we're going shopping there or not yet. End quote. So, um, again, I mentioned earlier that uh, George wanted to remain collegial. This was probably the area where he just said, no, I'm not going to be collegial anymore. I'm not going to uh, allow everyone to pick apart our conference. And he kind of flipped the script a little bit. And you know what? I get it. I understand that. Um, That's what any conference commissioner should do. He should fight for what's his at the at least what he has right now. Um, I, I think he knows he's fighting a losing battle. It's kind of like the South fighting the Civil War. Um, if you don't have the financial resources, doesn't matter how much passion and how much fight you got, you're not going to win. So um, this was also the opportunity, and I wanted to give uh, the commissioner the chance to comment on the allegation uh, from one of the remaining uh 10 uh, athletic directors uh, because, and I basically stated the question simply as it's been alleged that USC misled you. Is that a fair description? And George was kind of not in any mood to answer that question. Uh, I'm not going to talk about that. We're going to take the high road and we're not going to talk about what happened in the past. We're very focused on the future. Let me underline this last statement. We're focused and confident in, pack, in the, the ten schools that remain in the Pac-12, being together, growing, and succeeding as a group. Now, you may have noticed that he didn't—he didn't deny the allegation. And the person sitting next to him, well, that was Stanford Athletic Director Bernard Muir. And I, one of the very next questions um, he was asked: Have have you had any discussions with the Big Ten or any or any other conference? And Bernard Muir said, we have not. I will say in our meeting yesterday with my fellow peers around the conference, we have been really open and transparent. We understand the issues at hand. When this broke a month ago, we were all, we all, each of us, were trying to figure out the scenario planning. We have had discussions internally and are trying to figure that out. And But we referring to Stanford have not had any formal overture from another conference. Now I want to to put that into some context, why I'm highlighting that. uh, Klayovkov did an interview with sports illustrated and he had made this following quote. "Uh, The way I live my life is I give I give people respect and I trust until the, until they prove to me that they don't deserve it. So, um, Ironically, that it's the Pac-12, the 80s. They met with Klepikov in LA the day before USC and UCLA uh, before the before the official media day on Friday. USC and UCLA weren't invited to that meeting, and Mir said that you know they were talking about the future that they don't need to be involved. Uh, that the two schools though will be involved, you know, in the future in future decisions. Now, the reason why I want to end this segment on that with, with Stanford is, you know, Bernard Muir said no formal overtures have been made, but everybody knows that Stanford is on the first come list to the Big Ten once Notre Dame um, officially joins the Big Ten. So uh, that was. Those are just from the administrative level, the commissioner level, uh, Merton Hanks, the uh, under commissioner, and again, uh, Bernard Muir from Stanford. So we'll, we'll see if Bernard's um, comments come back to uh, bite him in the butt and how much respect and loyalty Klyovkov will have with him if, if Stanford decides to jump, jump the Titanic here sooner than later. Uh, everyone will be linked in, though. Everyone will know what's going on. And as you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help you with small business fire, to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. You can create free job posts in minutes on LinkedIn jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then, all you have to do is add your your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Third, simple tools. They have screening questions that make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. And it's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs will help you find candidates you want to talk to faster. And did you know every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? So go ahead, post your job for free at linkedin.com slash College. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay. Moving on here to our second segment. Now, um, throughout the week, we're going to highlight more stuff from the PAC 12 media day. And on this show, this first episode of this week, uh, we're going to start talking about the USC representatives that were there. And it's going to, the reason why we're going to do a little bit here and a little bit throughout the week is, it's going to be impossible to squeeze everything into a thirty-minute show, and that's what you get with Locked On USC: all your news and notes in thirty minutes or less. But what I can't give it to you here, you know, you can find me over there at wersc.com. So when you're not making Locked On USC your first listen, head on over. All right. Um, the three USC representatives at Pac-12 Media Day: Head Coach Lincoln Riley. Quarterback Caleb Williams and linebacker Shane Lee. Lincoln Riley he did his best to keep the focus um, with his opening remarks on the team, um, and he was you know he, he he was asked about Caleb Williams and his skill set. And let me just read the quote: "Caleb has a great skill set. He truly does. That was pretty apparent the first time that I saw him. You get a lot of guys that are really athletic quarterbacks." but maybe leave something to be desired with accuracy or arm talent or vice versa. Um, Caleb Williams doesn't lack any of those attributes. Uh, however, uh, Lincoln did want to point out, and you know, maybe this is just his way of trying to relief release a little bit of the uh, pressure valve, some expectation levels. And I I'm not a fan of the word expectation. You'll get, you'll become familiar with that with me. Um, when you expect something and you don't get it, you're probably let down more. So I like to use the word anticipate semantics. I know, but Hey, work with me. Um, Riley also pointed out that he thinks it's important for everybody to remember that Caleb is still very young in his career. I mean, Caleb has played half of college football season so far he's played in a in a major university under a lot of scrutiny played in some big games and in big moments that's certainly going to help him there's no question he's ready for the moment and ready for this challenge but there's still a lot of work to be done so um taking that into consideration trojan fans remember yeah there's a lot of hype that's coming with lincoln riley and with caleb williams Uh, rightfully so he was you know one of the top quarterbacks um, in his recruiting class and now he's at usc and so while lincoln can do what he can with words to you know try and lower any type of uh, expectation level uh, caleb is still you know he's one of the type heisman candidates in 2022. now on the other side of the ball uh, the question was asked, on the defensive side, all the talk this offseason was about the transfers coming in. You did get a big defensive transfer in Shane Lee. Uh, how has the defense come along this springtime? And Lincoln said, I think our defense has done extremely well. I have a lot of confidence in Alex Range. I got to sit there firsthand and watch the changes that he made when he first came to Oklahoma in 2019, there were just immediate drastic improvements. He obviously did that in this conference when he went uh, when he was coaching at Washington State uh, for his first defensive coordinator job. I, I have a lot of confidence in the players we have there, the coaches that we have there, the scheme. I think all the makings to have an outstanding defense. When he's talking about there, he's he's referring to USC uh you can you can't forget all the great defensive players that have run through here uh when this team has been a national championship caliber team or again referring to u s c it's been it's been riding a tremendous defense and he's right um think you can think back to the two thousand eighteen guys and that team didn't even get the chance to play for the for the uh championship another story for another for another episode. Um, but that's where we expect to be. We expect to have a national championship caliber defense here at USC. I believe we have the people to do that. Um, we'll find out. I, I agree that there is potential. in the. And if he wants to say a championship, well, he did. He used the word national championship caliber defense. Okay. I'm going to walk that back. And interpret that as a Pac-12 caliber championship defense this year. Can they be national championship? Sure, why not? Uh, But if you want to compare them to what we've seen from other championship defenses recently, yeah, that's a hard sell. Now, um, I have written recently that uh, does, does defense still win championships? You can go check that out in my Sunday takeaway that I uh, that I put up last week over there on WeRSC.com. VRSC, so um, Lincoln just needs to have USC's defense be good enough to get enough stops throughout the game that allows his offense to be productive. If that's what he refers to as a national championship defense, Hey, okay, I'm on board. I think USC is capable of doing that this year. Uh, moving on to the players that were there, both, first of all, I, I want to point this out, both Caleb and Shane, um, they rep themselves great. They looked like a couple of GQ models. Lincoln Riley as well. They they showed up, all three showed up in suits, dress shoes. Everybody else was wearing a polo shirt, Friday casual office attire, when you look good, you feel good, and when you're in LA, you're you want to uh, you want to look the part, and these guys did. Um, real quickly on, on a couple of quotes from these guys, um, I asked, I asked, I just asked them. I said, "Hey, what's the biggest difference um, between? So you guys have been here since the spring. What's the, what's the biggest difference you've seen between when you arrived?" And now today, and without hesitation, they both said the culture. And they were they're, they're, when they're talking about it, they're saying the cult. It's the team's culture, and it's not just about words. Um, Caleb talked about how the team's bodies have gone through a transformation, and and how the weight room competitions have helped with the the culture change. Uh, he used the phrase "discipline over default," and he said that's choosing to do the right thing. Over the wrong thing, even when you don't want to, um, you know that that's really profound. You know that means you know what? It it's not taking a day off. It means it means if you know you should run that extra one hundred, go run that extra one hundred. That's what he means by discipline over default. Um. Shane focused on the same thing when we're talking about the team's culture, he, but he was focused on the the team's camaraderie and on how when he first got here, you know, everything wasn't just about words. And, you know, today, you know, we talk about culture and the discipline over default, but now the players are acting on those words. Um, and so now when they're practicing, they see that those words have meaning. You know what? Um, I I think we know who uh, two of the two team captains are going to be right now. I I don't think there should be any speculation. If they're not, that would be a shock to me. And we'll find out soon enough. So um, Friday, ball camp opens on the 5th. And. And uh, I mentioned that we mentioned that on our last episode, but we did find out on Thursday fourth, the day before USC is going to be hosting an in-house media day with the assistant coaches and 28 uh, preselected players. Uh, this is going to be in the afternoon for a few hours. Uh, it's going to be hosted at the well, I'll keep the location under, under wraps. It will be on campus and this is going to be an opportunity for the media to connect with the coaching staff and the players before the practice. Um, and I'm just kind of wondering, you know, did Lincoln Riley, and I'll ask, and I'll try and get back to you on this. Did Lincoln Riley do this at Oklahoma? And is this his way of getting the media kind of out of the way? Um, or is this his way of figuring out, uh, who he and the staff can trust on the media? Um, you know, typically, USC football practices have been open from beginning to, to the end. Now, throughout this during the season, yeah, they, they close them during you know when they're doing you know in uh, play installations and stuff like that. Obviously, you want to keep some stuff under wraps, uh, but for the most part, in Los Angeles at USC, practices have been open to the media. Um, this year, the practices. No, they're not. Um, We'll have access, just not as much. And that's going to be an adjustment. Uh, Another adjustment that Lincoln has made this year is he's choosing a morning practice schedule versus a afternoon practice schedule. Uh, Maybe he's looking for the benefit of getting the team before school muddles their brain. I don't know. Just getting them fresh uh, before all their other... um, daily responsibilities uh, take over. So, look, I I don't know if it really makes a difference. Um, I I recall Pete Carroll doing them both ways. Uh, Lane Kiffin tried to do it in the morning. Not quite. um, Just first practice will be at 7 a.m. I think Lane had those guys rolling out way earlier than that. So we'll see. Um, We'll see how the practice schedule goes. I know that we'll be we're, the media will be there for the first practice. And then we're shut out for the very next two that the practices will see them. But then we get to back for the fourth practice, which, by the way, ironically, will be ending at 6.30 back at Howard Jones Field. So who knows? But that's, uh, that's where we're at with um, coming up with practice. So we'll be back tomorrow with another episode of Locked on USC. So uh, when you're done here, don't forget to check out the Locked On Pac-12 with your host, Spencer McLaughlin, and Locked On Big Ten with your host, Nate Dickinson. They can also give you all of your conference news and notes in 30 minutes or less. And again, when you're done with me here over at Locked On USC, head on over to wersc.com. we got a lot of good content for you because, again, just too much to fit it in in 30 minutes or less. But I'm going to bring you all the highlights and all the good stuff so your first listen every day gets you started. Fight on, everybody.